Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Reese, you haven't written me a joke. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Right, I've got it, I've got I've got it, I've got it. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that has put itself through a lot of punishment for your pleasure. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are <laughs> James Hunt and Reese Williamson. Uh, today we will be uh, no we're not going back to last week and discussing BDSM in the movies. Today we'll be discussing the Punisher on the screen. <laughs> uh, so with a specific focus on 1989's The Punisher, directed by Mark Goldblatt. And 2008's Punisher Warzone, directed by Lexi Alexander. Um, but before any of that, I'd like to ask James to explain to me a comic book concept that I just don't understand. And this this week, James, mm-hmm. I, I genuinely have no idea. What's the status quo of Punisher in the comics? Like, for, the, <laughs> for, for like the last, I don't know, decade, 20 years? <laughs> well. What's, what's this dude's um... deal? It's interesting that you mentioned this. We didn't plan this, but actually, there is a new Punisher comic starting uh, in about two weeks' time. Probably about a week by the time you hear this, in fact. Uh, and it is a new, it's a limited series by Jason Aaron that is going to run for 12 issues and was initially rumored as being called Punisher No More. And there is quite a lot of chatter, you know, some rumors that this is being done by Marvel to sort of put the Punisher off the table for a while due to their sort of discomfort with the fact that there are the, you know, police in America Mm. who go out with the Punisher logo on their jackets and stuff. So they're basically, it seems, reinterpreting the character to emphasize, hey, he's not a good guy. And also, we're changing the Punisher's logo for a bit because he's going to be running the hand. So he's got, instead of a regular skull, he's got like a demon skull. Oh, okay. So they're doing all this stuff and it, it looks a, like... A, a skeleton hand. Yeah. <laughs> skull and crossbones. <laughs> it looks like they might be sort of retiring the character semi-permanently, if not permanently. Interesting. Um, cause, cause I'm, I'm right in thinking, yeah, that the Punisher is introduced as a Spider-Man villain and then quickly becomes an anti-hero. Yeah. Quickly becomes an anti-hero. I, I, I seem to remember from the stuff that was recommended in the past that Garth Ennis did a lot of the stuff that was popular with him. Yeah. So, I mean, he was quite popular in the, in the nineties, but after that sort of extreme comics went away, um, Yeah, he sort of languished for a bit and then got brought back by Garth Ennis. There was a really ill-advised angel Punisher after he killed himself and became an angel. Yeah, right. Um, Which some of the only Punisher comics I still own because I was like, I'm now I'm never selling these. They're too (laughs) they're too ridiculous. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Garth Ennis did a lot of stuff about 
um you know unpacking his trauma making some points about the vietnam war um it it was popular stuff possibly too popular given what happened to the character later by which i mean you know people buying punisher logos to stick on their guns and stuff yeah, because uh, when I think of the Punisher, one of one of the things that I, I always return to is the um, the character in American Sniper having the the Punisher logo, mm. um, <laughs> and, and that being like a a motif in that movie, um, which was you know, ta- you know taken from the from the real guy. Um, it's yeah. interesting. We'll, we'll obviously get right into this once we uh, once we're talking about the movies, but also I as well whether... from from eighty nine onwards, right? There's been mm. Four different cracks in live action at the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether it's, numbers. I wonder whether there's there's a link between the you know Disney. I wonder if the, if Disney doesn't doesn't own Marvel right now because of course they of course they own the publishing ch- chunk as well. Whether you'd you wouldn't see such reticence you know from Marvel Comics to to publish quote unquote the you know traditional Punisher comics. That you know, but it, it, it does, the character does seem just quite anathema to 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 the Disney brand. But then, mm. I, but then I guess Disney also, you know, there's lots of things that come under Disney that are in, for grown ups. So, so in fairness, um, Marvel in the past has changed characters for political reasons if they felt that they didn't want to align with the politics. Um, mm. There was a period where Black Panther changed his name because of the Black Panthers. Hmm. And Marvel were like, listen, we don't want to be associated with a with a militant group. So we're going to change that character to... I wish I could remember. I think it might have been Black Tiger or something. It was something, hmm. something along those lines. And it didn't stick, obviously. But I think it, it's fair to say Marvel doesn't support people <laughs> like gunning down others in most contexts so certainly you know there are some situations where i think marvel would admit that you need to shoot someone like for example in a war against nazis but that's different from Hmm. taking your inspiration from a mentally ill guy who is also a serial killer Hmm. so i can see why they might go actually we're going to retire this character because the the culture has changed to the point where we don't want to publish this comic, regardless Ooh. of what Disney might think. What's odd though is that they've they've kind of soft retired him for a few years. I don't. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that he was last Punisher was last in a comic called The Punisher in in 2018, 2019. So for a few years he hasn't he hasn't had his own title. Um, uh, he was in that Heroes Reborn thing, which was like a you know alternate world, and so he popped up in that. But his they had redone his the skull logo, so it didn't it, it didn't look like a skull anymore. So it's almost like it's interesting, you know, because I'm not so sure. I feel like this this maxi series is going to almost try to rehabilitate him or try to, to try to sort of create a different version of of the character that then they can use rather than because if they you know if they wanted to just sort of just step away from it they just could continue to not pop you know he's not in a he's not in a comic at the moment they would they could just continue to do that i wonder whether the fact that this this series is is existing it's they're really going to try their best over 12 issues to at the out the other end of it have a very different version of the character Um, can i can i um 
just check out a quote from Jason Aaron on this, actually. Sure. So Jason Aaron, who is writing the series, uh, the new Punisher series, has said, so many different groups have tried to appropriate the Punisher symbol and write their own story of what that symbol means. Uh, they don't get to define the story of this character, and that's the tragedy. It's the tragedy of Frank House that I'm interested in. His story has always been a dark and twisted tragedy about a man consumed by war for better or worse. Um, and that's the kind of story we're telling here. The Punisher is not a hero or a role model. Um, and for readers who unpack Frank's character, there is a deep and compelling story about how his demons drive him to do terrible things that heroes would never do. Hmm. So it, it it definitely seems like they're going to restate clearly this guy is not a good guy. Possibly, if he stays around, he's going to be returned to being a full villain, maybe? That could be interesting, yeah. Because that's how he, he that's his, ver- his, his origin is as an antagonist to Spider Man, right? That's his yeah, first yeah. published appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he could, yeah, you could see him filling, you could see him filling some sort of half crime boss baddie role in them in the Marvel Universe, maybe. Who knows? Although they do, again, that quote continues to say something like, blah, 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 blah. Um, this story is the destined next step in the dark and tragic evolution of Frank Castle. Mm. Uh, believe me when I say I'm as excited about this story as anything I've ever written. Mm. It it sounds to me, um, ah, as a specific point, uh, that Jason Aaron says that he's fascinated by what moments made him the Punisher even before that fateful day in the park. Hmm. I wonder if they're going to make this point that actually the, what's been driving the Punisher is some external force. Yeah. Like maybe he was possessed by a demon or something and they're going <laughs> to, they're going to cure him of that. Oh, okay. And then the Punisher will get to retire. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the, one of the outcomes of this, this series. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's Jason Aaron is again, if you're going to, if this is, and at bat at something interesting for this character, you know, you, they're giving Jason Aaron's one of the one of the Marvel's most important writers, one of their best. So, if anyone and he's and he's written he's written Marvel uh, he's written Punisher stuff before, right? He didn't he do a Punisher Max series, James? Yeah, yeah, he it was quite well. It was quite well I think, received. I think he followed Ennis. Mm. So he's you know he's a good guy for this. Uh, he obviously, kind of recently he 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 pretty much reinvented Thor for a, you know for a chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, his Avengers has been a bit, a bit hit and miss, I guess. But he's <laughs> he's a uh, he's a he's a big he's a big beast. Um, yeah. So we'll see. And twelve issues and, is a, that's a long that's a long series, you know. That's uh, yeah. That, that's, that's I, making I a reckon, statement on itself. I reckon next year we can check it and see how it went. Let's do it. Set the set the calendar. Okay, let's move on now to our comic book, movie, and TV news section. And um, this is going to be super brief because there's. Not much interesting news this week. Uh, so, guys, we're going to do this uh, like lightning round style. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm literally just reading the headlines uh, for these. <laughs> Go for uh, it. F. Murray Abraham will voice Konshu in the I mean, Moon Knight series. That's What's the a- big. That is the big part. <laughs> What's a Konshu? What's Konshu? Konshu is the god, the Egyptian god that Moon Knight is a sort of cultist for. Okay. The, the source of his powers. I, I, I hope, you know, hey, listen, remember, there was a headline at one point, which was Paul Bettany voices Robot Jarvis inside Iron Man's helmet. You know, what I guess what I'm saying is I I would love to see F. Murray Abraham 
suit up as Conchu in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so dope. He's like he's got he's like an Anubis type guy, right, James? He's like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Get him in. Get him in. Love me some Fury Abraham. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm sold on that one. Uh, number two, uh, Craven the Hunter adds Fred Heckinger in a supporting role. Um, now I did Google this one. Apparently, the supporting role they think it's the chameleon. Ooh, mm. that, is because, that is because the chameleon is related to Craven. I think they are maybe half brothers in chame- that sort of bizarre 60s way because there's no reason for those characters to be <laughs> related. What does the chameleon are. what does the chameleon do? Remind me. He he has a sort of white face and he can copy the pic- the the images of the visages of anyone. Sure. Okay. That's his thing. <laughs> and uh Fred Heckinger was in the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Uh, the Woman in the Window, Vox Lux, Eighth Grade. So yeah, um, I mean he's he's got that amazing scene in Eighth Grade where he you know he gets all gets very creepy and weird with Elsie Fisher in the back seat of that car. Oh, Remember is that, that him? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of mag- he's like magnetic in a horrid way, in, in just in that sequence. So, um, uh, and do you say he was in the White Lotus, Joe? Uh, I don't think so, but uh, is he? I think he was a bit. I think he was a bit breakouty from White Lotus. Okay. He played Steve Zahn's son. Yeah, okay. That show, I think. Sure. Um, so he's no, he's exciting, but but just God, a Craven the Hunter movie ugh, and comedians in it. Just, ugh, I just hate all this. <laughs> Chame- uh, in fairness, Chameleon is one of the sort of big sort of was it Leon Ditko or Leon Ramita. He's one of the big early Spider-Man villains that hasn't yet been done. Yeah, and look, let's stop writing off the Sony Extended Universe of Marvel characters. <laughs> when, they're, <laughs> when they're two for two so far, baby! <laughs> Not in good movies, but in entertaining movies. They're two for two! They're two for two movies, that's for sure. And, they're definitely both movies. <laughs> and, and listen, um, I know it might seem like it, but Morbius has not been and gone. It hasn't been released yet. Uh, so maybe that, <laughs> that will turn out to be good. Okay, uh, final bit of news. Um, Aaron Pierre joins the cast of Marvel's Blade reboot. Now, Aaron Pierre, you look at his, uh, you look at his IMDb and you're like, oh, he was in Krypton. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Oh, much better. He was in the Underground Railroad. Wait, what's this? Stop the press. He was mid-sized sedan in old. <laughs> Guys, he was mid-sized sedan. It says here he's a professional footballer <laughs> who plays a centre-back for EFL League One club Shrewsbury Town. <laughs> Listen, he's mid-sized he's sedan. He's great. I can't, I can't tell you. Like, <laughs> mid-sized sedan is the greatest character name I can remember seeing <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He is. Um, he's amazing in. He's amazing in Underground Railroad. He, and he's, he's really. Um, he, he's striking. got like re- really striking yeah. eyes. Um, yeah. He's a. He's he's a big old hottie and yeah. um, mad hot. And and I guess it's, it's like one of the first reported bits of casting after Mershala Ali. You'd expect that this is probably a, a decent role. I wonder. I've got an idea. I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'll just say it. Maybe he, I'm going to say he's playing Dracula. Oh, there you go. He's the baddie. Throw an uh, answer. 
I just clicked on the IMDb. Apparently, well, IMDb says Delroy Lindo's in this as well. So if yeah. that's if that's right, oh, love and it. Apparently, I, I, I was just the, the the piece that I shared with you for for this. You know, I didn't I didn't click on it. No, no, but I barely I only <laughs> half read it. But I think it says that apparently this role that he's gotten, Pierre's gotten, was very sought after in you know for young actors in Hollywood and okay. you know, one of those kind of could be a major MCU cat guy going forward. They saw a few people and cast Pierre. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say that. Signed him to a 15-movie contract. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's got his Disney Plus spin-off series Mm. coming next year. He's going to be in that Jack Russell thing, the wolf wolf thing. Yeah. (laughs) Werewolf by night. Sure. <laughs> the Jack Russell thing. Uh, okay, so that's all the news. It wasn't the most exciting news this week. Um, so what we thought we'd do is we just get listeners. We're going to tease you. Uh, so our, our next uh, main episode of the show is going to be about a new movie uh, that is very anticipated. I haven't seen that movie yet. Reese hasn't seen it yet. But James went to a press screening and. Um, this podcast will be coming out after the little piece of paper that he signed saying he didn't share any opinions on it. 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. on the 28th. <laughs> That's expired now. You're living, yeah. the, you're living in the future, listeners. Uh, so uh, James is going to technically break his embargo now, but it's, it's, it's fine. James, what did you think of The Batman? I thought that given... Given my general dislike of Nolan's take on Batman and Zack Snyder's take on Batman, I thought I was not going to vibe with DC's direction for the character. However, this is by some distance my favorite live action Batman. I I almost there were parts of this movie where I was like, is this gonna be is this gonna be five stars from me? Oh fuck. It, it wasn't in the end. It's sort of there were a couple of things that stumbled, and maybe it wasn't making enough of a point to be perfect. But it's it's pretty good. Even at three hours, I'm well, planning to go and see it again. Can I can I ask some questions? I will try and answer spoiler-free questions. Go for it. Okay. Um, do you does it feel like a different take on the character you know after we've had so much we've just had so much batman i mean it, he's i think he's the most you know he's the he's the superhero with the most screen appearances i'd, I'd have to think um it hasn't <laughs> been that long since we've seen i just wonder like is, does it justify itself as 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 being, being worth existing so there are parts in in the movie which i read as direct commentary on both snyder and nolan's hmm. take on batman hmm. which i find interesting it's almost like Matt Reeves has gone, there are some things about Batman that I think that those movies didn't get. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to put them on screen and interrogate them in that way. And I was sitting there like going, plug this into my veins. Cause I agreed with every, every point he was making in that sense. Um, that, that said, mm-hmm. the, the movie itself is very noirish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's got, it has the sort of oppressive air of mm. some of Nolan's sequences. And it has that the whole way through. Like it is a grimy movie, but it's a lot more hopeful mm. and a lot more good hearted. And I think unlike Christopher Nolan, it, it suggests the existence of human emotion, which wow. is, 
something that most <laughs> Batman movies thus far have not managed. Um, in, tandem, in tandem with that, mm-hmm. it's got a really good detective story at the heart of it. And it is a detective story, which is something that I think I'm on record as saying is just the number one thing I've wanted to see as a take on Batman for years. Hmm. It's more a detective story than a superhero story. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm curious about your thoughts on the performances. So we'll get to the big one, but Mm -hmm. um, your thoughts on, you know, is, is Paul Dano in this, is this another, is this a Heath Ledger as the Joker type moment? Um, How's he? He he is very, uh, what can I say? So there are some choices about the performance that I'm not sure about. It's something that when I, when I go back to it, I'm going to be like, is he doing what I think he's doing? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think it's impossible to disagree with it being a very compelling performance. Interesting. Interesting. How's, how's Farrell? <laughs> Farrell is unrecognizable. Okay. Like it's uh, it's tough to say because I sure. was. Yeah, it's you hard to say whether it's the prosthetic. Yeah. No, you just mm. you if you didn't know it was him, mm. you wouldn't be able to tell. And is that you know? Because again, we've had quite we've had like a sort of interestingly large amount of penguin on screen, uh, or at least you know we've had a couple of uh, the penguin <laughs> in the Gotham show was like in the <laughs> show for the whole run, and of course there's Danny DeVito was you know is, was that worth doing again? Does it feel different enough? It's very different. I mean, that's probably the character who is furthest from any comic incarnation I'd recognize. Um, How's uh, Jeffrey Wright? Jeffrey Wright is amazing. He was my Ooh. favorite favorite uh, performance. I, I, it's hard to say for performance. Jeffrey Wright is just amazing. He's just great. He's just so yeah, he's just great. Him. And particularly yeah. him and Patterson have this really interesting rapport. Okay. Um, that was that was my favorite part of the movie was their connection. Circus? Circus, not in it as much as I was <laughs> expecting. Oh. Um, just, it's too it's too funny to see Andy Circus there being Alfred. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I enjoyed it, but I was just going, it's Andy Circus and he's doing, a, <laughs> doing an Alfred accent. And then the big two, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Um, I wouldn't say she was bad. She's hmm. definitely uh, got a lot of charisma. Okay. I, I think could have been given more to do. Okay. And how is Mr. R. Bats himself? How he is, does he, he is, stack up to all the freaking Batman? Weirdly safe. Safe? Like, huh. Yeah. Huh. There was, again, I, I was expecting a really sort of big performance there. Hmm. But actually, he plays it pretty much straight down the line. Uh. Um, he's He's so good in the costume mm. when he's Bruce Wayne, I'm a bit like this could be any Bruce Wayne. It doesn't really, mm. you don't get a lot. He's not, he's not overdoing it in that, uh, Christian Bale way, which I was glad of. Like he, uh. he reigns it in a bit like that, uh, okay. compared to that. Um, okay. but yeah, you know, he's good. He holds the movie together. No, no version of Bruce Wayne that I've seen on screen as someone I would describe as definitive. Mm. Um, and he he definitely doesn't earn that accolade, mm. but he's he's good, and his Batman is my favorite Batman. Like, there's no question of that. Wow. Okay. Well, that's big. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, got... with with the caveat that I am not at all in the can for sure. anything <laughs> Nolan did. Sure. Yeah. What would you say is your second favorite Batman? My second favorite Batman, Adam West. 
uh, third favorite. <laughs> third favorite. Um, I would probably go to Ben Affleck after that. Interesting. Okay. I, I miss most of what you've just said there, James, because my daughter woke up crying. I can only imagine she'd had a nightmare about falling down a well full of bats. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, but I, I, it sounds like you liked it. It sounds like you two were getting into the weeds now. So I, I'm just going to I'm gonna say that sounds like a good enough tease and we'll pick it back up when we get <laughs> on to no, can, can, can I just ask one more question of James? No, we need swear, to, there needs to be one, one riddle must remain unanswered. Ask, oh, ask the question. Ask the question. The question is, um, what do you think the critical consensus is going to be? Uh, that's good because this is the final point I was going to make, which is that I I cannot judge what people are going to think of this. So, like, I've spoken mm. to a couple of people who've seen the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I hope they won't mind me repeating their opinions here, but um, Amon Woman who mm-hmm. listeners will remember. Never heard of him. Was, <laughs> he was sort of middling on it at first, and I think by on his second viewing, which was the one I saw it at as well, he, he warmed to it a lot. How has he seen uh, it twice already? Because he's, <laughs> he's in with Empire. He's in the big yeah. leagues. They probably um, big shot film review. And he's, he's interviewing uh-huh. Matt Reeves as well, or rather he's interviewed Matt Reeves, so we're looking yeah. forward to that. Okay. Um, and Caroline Cedar did not like it. Mm. Interesting. So, you know, the two two people who I whose opinions I feel I have a very good handle on hmm. uh, liked it less than I did. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm really interested to find out what you guys think. I genuinely can't tell. Like, I there are one of the things I think is that the people who loved the Snyder and Nolan versions might be turned off by things about this one, but hmm. we'll, we'll get to why I think that later on. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, we we will have a, a full bat full the Batman episode coming up in the future. Uh, but for now, we're going to move on to our spoiler filled discussion of uh, mostly Punisher Warzone, but there'll be a bit of nineteen eighty nine Punisher sprinkled in some other some other Punisher nonsense. Um, so uh, let's take a quick listen to the trailer for Punisher Warzone, and then yeah, we will return with ample punishment. under some kind of death threat. He said something big was going to happen. Somebody has to punish the corrupt. You're fighting a war. This is just the beginning. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Okay, so that was the trailer for Punisher Warzone. Um, we're going to be predominantly talking Punisher Warzone here. We thought that this would be a good opportunity to kind of wrap up the Punishers, which, which weirdly, I, I guess. It felt to me like we talked about Punisher a lot on this podcast, but I guess we must not have done that. So obviously he was in Daredevil Season 2, which, mm-hmm. you know, we, we put, in the early days of this podcast, we talked about Daredevil quite a bit. And then he got his own TV show, kind of belatedly right, because it kept getting pushed back because every other week there was some kind of shooting or news event that would have made it tasteless. So they ended up not really promoting that show and it just kind of showed up. Yeah. Although I I did watch because of that. You watched it all, right? I watched, I watched and reviewed every episode for Den of Geek of both series. And and you're of the opinion that it's one of the better Netflix Marvel shows. Well, better is, Better is... Wait, they made a second series? Yeah, yeah, two series. <laughs> yeah, wow. I didn't even know that. Better, better is hard to qualify, right? I think what it is, is thematically coherent and uh, sort of well-judged. The problem is, it's in that sense, it becomes a sort of police procedural with, about a serial killer. Hmm. And I'm just, I'm not really interested in that. Like it's, a lot of it is about sort of post-Afghanistan military trauma, which again, really good subject for a TV show, but not a TV show I would watch <laughs> Yeah, if it wasn't The Punisher. So, you know, it's well-written, but not, I didn't personally find it entertaining. And people like Bernthal, right? They thought Bernthal had done a, a, yeah, a really I like good Bernthal. job as The Punisher. I liked yeah. him in the Daredevil season he was in. Season two, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and Ben Barnes is in it as Jigsaw, right? He is, yeah. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's, in that way, it's Warzone is Warzone is the closest of the, I, I think, of the Punisher movies to to telling the story of the 
of the TV show, at least that that's that there's there's overlap there. Well, yeah, yeah. let's 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 slap some admin down on the table, though. So we, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> let's we slap some admin down on the table. Said, so, well, so the, there was a lot of chat. Get listeners, I'm going to take you behind. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of chat. James and Reese were spitballing on our messaging thread, going, "Should we? Do, oh, okay, so should, should we do Warzone? Why don't we do both Punish movies? Cool. Okay, so we'll do both of them, and maybe we could uh, rewatch the TV series." And I'm like, "Guys, I'm not going to rewatch the TV series. I've, I've, I've got in, uh, like a limited amount of time. Uh, how about we just we stick to the two movies and we can bring the other stuff in if necessary." Turn up to the old record today. Every, everyone's watched Punisher Warzone. <laughs> Only Muggins here has gone back and watched 1989's The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren. Because it's not available on streaming or iTunes. So, the only way to get it is on the Sky Store, yes. which no one has. Uh, so and we're not willing to pirate it, Joe. The only, the only way to watch it in the UK that I could find was on the Sky Store. So, although I watch all of my movies on my TV, I cracked open the old laptop signed up to Sky Store, <laughs> paid £3.49 for my SD download of, of, <laughs> of The Punisher. Just the way and, it was intended to be seen, Joe. <laughs> I watched, uh, watched it on my laptop today. Uh, so I will be able to bring a bit of context in for uh, for that movie. Um and I, and I wonder, actually, if we should, if if that is kind of an interesting way to do it, is to go chronologically through the 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 Punisher screen adaptations, um, and and try and and try and figure out what are the things that are interesting about the Punisher. Why is he a character that was that has been returned to four times, and and also <laughs> and, and and our our feelings about the character, because I would imagine that, you know, uh, you snowflakes are going to feel the same as I do, (laughs) which is that it's slightly uncomfortable watching any depiction of the Punisher. There's, there is, there's that, there is an edge to it where you're like, you can't do this character and it be the Punisher without it being slightly uncomfortable. Well, so this is interesting, right? Because when you watch a film like Commando, are you watching it going like, oh man, this guy's murdering all those people? Because like, for me, the only real difference between mm. Frank Castle and, you know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, all those characters, um, is that the Punisher premeditates what he's about to do whereas they just charge into situations with a gun and people come at them so they're like well they're coming at me with a gun so i can kill them first and that is fine yeah well yeah. no well hold on but the other problem with the comparison is that the punisher is thought of as a superhero you know that's the he's, he's a marvel comics character he's a, a, pr- a hero anti-hero protagonist but i think that's the that's that's the complicated bit with the Punisher is that because he's a Marvel Comics hero, because he occupies the moral, the moral space of hero is what you're saying. No, not even. I think I just mean because because Marvel publish has put out Punisher comics. You know, he just gets lumped into. You know, I, I bet you there's a moment he's been on an Avengers team. I, I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I'm just saying that's probably happened. Like he gets he gets connected with. The, with with Captain America with Spider-Man, you know, I know he starts off as a Spider-Man antagonist, but 
that's the, I just think you know he's he's a superhero. He's he's in a in the most in a very broad understanding of what that word means, and I and I mean that to be like he does a, he does wear a costume, and, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. He's a he's sort of I know he doesn't have powers, but but you know he's kind of a superhero, and that's the real difference between you know that that's the difference I think with with the more uh, you know with those with the Schwarzenegger, Lundgren, 80s, 90s action heroes is the Punisher's a superhero. And that's, then that gets complicated. I, so I, so the, I, I, I don't know, I've invoked this character, this franchise a lot of times on the podcast, but I think the, you know, the, the, my, my go-to in terms of comparison is John Wick. So you've got a dude there who is entering the, like a criminal on underworld and killing brutally everyone he comes across um, I, I I think where I struggle a bit more with the Punisher as a concept is so so all of this starts off as a quest for vengeance, right? Because it's his in in every version of the story, his wife and child slash children are killed, and he decides to dress up in black, grab a load of guns, and kill everyone in the criminal underworld. And I I think there is something about his comic book roots and the fact that that story doesn't have an end point that feels that that make that that adds that kind of extra little frisson of like okay so where so where does this crusade end and it and it and it doesn't end and I actually think that you know the the, the films we're going to talk about today it, it kind of. Um, I, I like point in this direction a couple of times without wanting to get too bogged down in it of like the the morality of what it means to be the Punisher and like whether it, whether he is hero at, or whether we should be questioning what he does because like there's always a cop right there's always a cop who is like man there's always a cop man yeah, like are you sure are you sure this is what you want to be doing? So we got in the 1989 version, we've got Lou Gossett Jr. We've got mm-hmm. um uh it's uh what's his name? Salmon. Colin Salmon in the in Punisher Warzone. Um and the there's there's just that yeah, the, the, it like they all they always seem to like acknowledge it, like there is a character as a counterpoint. But I don't think you can get towards the. I don't think you can get to the end of a Punisher movie where the where the final conclusion is maybe he shouldn't be killing all these people. It has to be like ultimately the killing is justified. the 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 the, the ends have justified the means, and the Punisher must go on. And I and and then I do wonder whether there is also that. That as as you were alluding to earlier, James, the real world inspiration that the Punisher and the Punisher logo has provided, um, that that also makes me feel uncomfortable because you can say I, I don't know if there are other characters like the Punisher who are inspired in the same way. Certainly, none that I can think of. Like you don't um, see, you don't see people going, "Oh, like ah, fucking hell, John Wick, great! I'm gonna, uh, 
I'm going to grow my hair long and go, go, go and kill some some people from the underworld. No, but or, you do. See, or, this you know, is, you... or this is really going to inspire me to join the army or the police. But you do see, like you know, you go out on the streets of a city on a week weekend, at eleven o'clock, twelve, and you'll probably you walk, you walk for half an hour. You'll probably see a kid dressed as Spider Man with his parents going to a party or something. Yeah, like, so yeah, but so there's what, that. There's, yes, there's that. So what what I'm saying though is I, I can't think of any of the Punisher. I kill people. I kill mm. bad people because they deserve it. I can't think of the other characters who inspire people the way that the Punisher does that, but that are analogous to the Punisher in that way. Yeah, but it's kind of you know it's it's there's there's something not not the kid that dressed up as Spider Man no, but there's something you know they superheroes are power fantasies you know the the idea of Iron Man is sort of is is attractive as a as an idea for general to think about because you think like oh my god it would be so cool to like step into a suit of armor and you can fly and you're super strong and you can shoot lasers like you would be you'd be so powerful you could do powerful things that you couldn't do as a normal human um and yeah the the the, the punisher is a sort of a power fantasy but in a more in a much more real way like because he's just a guy with guns you know and so that that is that that technology exists already um but there's the fantasy, I think, the, the, the way, again, the way audiences think about that and, and sort of, maybe fantasize is the wrong word, but like the, the power fantasy aspect of all these superheroes, including the Punisher, I kind of think it's the, it's that same mental tug, you know, for, 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 for people of, of that same attraction. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's fair to say that even right wing nutcases deserve <laughs> their, their power fantasies. Like there's no there's no question that the Punisher is like an authoritarian psychopath, but it, it's close enough in its moral certainty to things people actually believe. Like there are people out there who believe that if you commit a crime, you are exempted from society and therefore deserve to die. Like there are states in America that execute people for crimes. Yeah, I found just to to jump into war zone and. Spoilers for Warzone. I found that the ending really like quite chilling because the final shot of the movie, and I don't know whether the director, the director means it as that or was just playing it for, 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 for a gag. But but one of the pun- the Punisher's friends, yeah. Detective Soap, he's getting held up at mm-hmm. gunpoint to be robbed, and then the Punisher kind of who's just left him, but then the Soap is like, "Hey, Frank, Frank, Frank," and then and the guy with the gun is is trying to rob uh, Soap. Yes. But then the basically the Punisher appears in the background, raises his gun. The, you cut to black, you pull the trigger. But the, I think the the in, the, in, the inference the, there the is heavy that, inference yeah, is that he is kills, that he's just he's kills the guy, guy who tries to do a stick up. Soap, yeah. soap says now I've got the brains. Yeah. Yes, yes. So he has shot him. So and that, that was I just found that really really chilling because you know he that's surely that person. I mean the, the fact that the Punisher thinks that that person doing that deserves to be killed in that moment yeah. is. A very, it's a very that's a that's hard to empathise with. You know, it's hard to empathise with the, with the Punisher in that moment. It's hard. It's really dark. That's so a really the, dark way to end the movie. I've got the Wikipedia page for the three Punisher movies open in front of me. I'm going to read you the final line of the plot synopsis for each one. Mm-hmm. So, the Punisher eighty nine. The police arrive only to find no trace of the Punisher. Meanwhile, at his lair, Castle narrates that he'll be waiting in the shadows. So, you know, he vague. Vague. He hasn't. He hasn't been. 
<laughs> that movie also ends with him threatening the son of a gangster and saying that uh, he thinks he's going to uh, stay a good boy and grow up to be a good man. Um, but if he, but if the boy were to grow up to not be a good man, then he'll be back for him. <laughs> he's saying this to like, <laughs> to like a twelve-year-old boy. Um, the Punisher two thousand and four. In a voiceover, he vows to kill all killers, rapists, psychopaths, sadists, and anyone else who harms innocent people in any way in his new identity, the Punisher. Mm. And then, yeah. Um, Punisher to Punisher Warzone. So changes his mind when he's held up by a murderous mugger who quickly becomes another victim of the Punisher. <laughs> and, and and that's what I mean. Like there is there is just this. I, I think there is uh, all of these movies. Whilst they kind of like they they have a look they have a look at the morality of what the Punisher is doing. They all arrive at the same point, which is, yay, Frank, carry on. Mm. It's interesting, right? Because the TV show sort of went to to a large extent to to great length sorry to try and justify the personal connection he had to all these people he was killing it wasn't until the very i think final scene of the final episode of punisher season two where they basically go okay he's killed all the mobsters who were responsible for his family's death and now he's going to start another criminal's which is it's it's almost as if all four of the film versions, it's you know get to that point, uh, you know because in a, in a way Warzone is he I believe he is still he is still kind of tracking down people that he's got these personal connections with, and and it's as though the nobody knows what the story would even be after that point right because it's because it's kind of too grim nobody knows the movie they'd make which is just this guy is just brainless and is just executing you know anyone that breaks the law. Um, because yeah, it's funny that they all end in the same place. But the, the, the TV show does they, the same. But like, all... okay, we told that we've told the origin story of the Punisher, and then he carries on, and then he carries on. <laughs> but we don't, we we don't want to do that. We're, bit. we're not going to show you that bit. Yeah, <laughs> That's, we're too scared of that bit. I mean, it's not like it's not like movies shy away from having Batman beat up mentally ill people, right? Like Batman is yeah, not throwing people them. in hospital at the end. Yeah, but he doesn't kill them. That's the, but that's, he doesn't kill them. The yeah, right? yeah, and it's all and it's to do with. You know, it's to do with the tools of of these jobs. It's 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 almost a bit. Wolverine's a funny. It's funny that Wolverine ever ended up being that, that Wolverine didn't doesn't live still in a you know in a in a Punisher zone because he's got his Wolverine's thing is he's got like three knives that come out of his hands and that's what he uses <laughs> to attack people. And yeah, he's not thought of in the same way as Punisher. But the, the truth is that Punisher, he's got guns. Guns are have been invented to to end life to end human life you know and that's his that is his sole tool basically that's it's his tool for for fighting the you know fighting um fighting baddies and so you kind of almost one plus one equals two of course he of course he kills people only and and only can kill people i think um (laughs) i think the time i saw this interrogated most interestingly is in the original Welcome Back Frank Garth Ennis Punisher series Mm. in which there are a bunch of vigilantes who are hoping to get the Punisher to, to, you know, lead their team. And it's like a rich guy who called the elite who, um, you know, kills any criminal who comes into a sort of gated neighborhood. Um, There's a priest who kills anyone he deems to have sinned. And uh, there's like a working class guy who, is targeting the heads of corporations. 
and basically the joke is they spend the entire series like meeting up forming a team deciding they want the punisher to lead their vigilante group and he sees them all and goes you're all fucking psychos and shoots them mm-hmm. and like that's garth ennis going basically the he's punisher the punisher only works because a because he's a psycho and b because he has a moral clarity in himself that doesn't extend to anyone else he's mm. like in a way he's sort of judge dread like in that he's just like i am the the sole arbiter of all of this and no one else gets the special consideration i do that's the only way you can make it work is by saying it's only possible for frank castle to do this and it, no one else should take any inspiration or lesson from it do you think there's also something unique about this character though that he he is the protagonist uh, like I, 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 I can't remember with enough clarity the 2004 version, but in the other versions, like if Frank Castle decided to walk away, nothing, you know, it, it, it would, you know, life would continue. He's not under threat. Mm. Um, you know, it, 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 it's you know, like in, in the, the the parallel in John Wick is like. You know, I don't, I don't want to be back. You're forcing me to be back. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to be back in this world. And like, you know, in a lot of movies, like you know, Commando and stuff like that, there is there is a there is a threat that that they are fighting back against. Yeah. And yes, there is the criminal underworld. Um, but then you could you could say okay, so then then there are there are there are lots of different means in which you could fight back against the criminal underworld that doesn't involve the first thing you decide to do is shoot them in the head. You want the Punisher to go into politics? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, well, leave it to well, the, there's, there's, leave there's it, a storyline. Leave it to the, <laughs> leave it to Batman. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting that you mention the idea of like this this fight will never be over. Because it, it's, in a way, it's like the Spider-Man thing, right? Which is that if if Spider-Man stops committing crimes, nothing bad's going to happen. Uh, committing. If Spider-Man stops catching criminals... Listen, some bad people is, would say No Way Home is a uh, bit of quite. a crime <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad is going to happen to Peter Parker if he stops. But bad things will happen to other people, and that's why he feels compelled to keep going. And, like, part of the reason the Punisher story doesn't have an end is because the character was built to be in a comic and have ongoing adventures. Like they didn't think, how can we do this one story with this one character in a way that a movie has to? I guess uh, so. He's is he always a, is he always a cop? Was he always a cop at one point? Uh, no, he's usually a marine. Okay. So, but he normally has either police or military. Yeah. And I guess the, the you know the counter argument could be he could go back to doing that stuff to fight the evils of the world. Certainly, it would be a counter argument. Um, I, <laughs> I think... don't know how popular any uh, how popular those would be in <laughs> in modern yeah. le- modern left wing discourse either. But well, um, I'm just, <laughs> just just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Not well, to get too too Batman-y, but one of the things that is always sort of uneasy about Batman is that he freely works with the police in yeah. many incarnations. Um, mm. And that's not that's not the favourable way to go about things, certainly 
within the political left, which I consider myself part of. Well, you know, although although the Punisher, who who sort of definitely doesn't have that same connection with with the police and his stories generally, he is he he is he's considered you know further, uh, I would say, more of a right wing character than than the Batman. Definitely, you know, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, which is which is interesting, you know, in fact, even though he's. In Warzone, there's that really interesting moment where a, a guy from the police sort of catches up to Frank Castle, sees that it's Frank Castle, and goes, uh, "Here are my keys. Mm. You do your thing," and then punches himself so that he can claim, "Oh, the Punisher knocked me out." Well, I, I, you know, and, and also, uh, well, it's quite a good double. It's quite a good fake out because because he, he's the partner of the soap character at that stage, and so you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, he must be." You know, he's the one. Uh, he's the one that's that's okay with the Punisher doing his stuff. But actually, Soap is even even much more involved in the Punisher yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of um, I, I kind of like that moment as a as like a meta moment of, hey, look, here is here is the cop that thinks what the Punisher is doing is really cool and that he should keep mm-hmm. on doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Can I talk to you a little bit about the Punisher 1989, guys? Can I please, can, please. Can I give you? Have either of you seen it? I no. only uh, I've seen bits of it, like from a long time ago. The thing I most remember is that famously he doesn't wear the skull. No, uh, yeah, there what? is. There's no skull. It's madness. Interesting. Hmm. So I mean, it, it is, but I guess in 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 1989, what what is a more iconic thing? Is it the Punisher's skull or is it Dolph Lundgren's face? Dolph Lundgren's face. Yeah. But you could have both. You could have you could, the face have, would be above the skull. Could have had both. I just guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess they figured they didn't need it. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, directed by Mark Goldblatt, who um, had uh, he directed Rambo First Blood Part 2. Um and I love that. I love that title. That title yes, <laughs> one of the strong, strong cinematic titles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he d- he directed second unit on RoboCop. Uh, did Dead Heat. Went on to direct the awful, awful um, Predator Two. Oh wait, I'm just Ooh. looking actually. Oh, he's oh, this is his Wikipedia, and he is an editor. So a lot of these could be uh, could be editing credits. Oh no! So I think most of these are editing credits. He directed. He directed Dead Heat. He directed The Punisher. Um, he he edited Terminator Two: Judgment Day. So I think yeah, Ooh, pre- predominantly okay. edited Starship Troopers, Armageddon, Bad sure. Boy. Just looking for he's got he's got a very interesting CV. Um, Chappie. He edited Chappie. Wow, <laughs> he's still going. So I don't know too much about Mark Goldblatt, but that's Chappie. that's that gives you gives you a, a kind of a brief overview of who who he was. Um, Written by uh, Boaz Yakin, who uh, I think this was his first screenplay, um, has written a bunch of stuff s- since and was one of uh, this year, last year, was a credited writer on The Harder They Fall. Um, and then, yeah, starring Dolph Lundgren, um, Luke Gossett Jr. is the his former partner who's a cop who's like, who, who has been trying to track him down to to kind of try and appeal to him to come back to some semblance of normality. Uh, we, we pick up five years into his mission where he has already killed 250 uh, members of the criminal underworld. 
and uh, takes down a guy in the first act who was uh, like pivotal in the death of his in the death of his wife and kids, um, and then. A kingpin called Gianni Franco is forced out of retirement and comes back to the US to take over the void that has been filled by um, by the death of all of the rest of the of the of the criminal families. Um, he tries to unite all of the like his his players. All right, I'm going to bring together like the remaining pieces of all the crime families and kind of like say, look, let's have a truce, let's split the wealth equally, let's protect ourselves against the Punisher. Um, but then the bloody Yakuza turn up and murder all no. of them. <laughs> no! Um, Yakuza. Uh, led by Lady Tanaka in a movie that I would describe as um, uh, more than casually racist. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, in, in its depiction of the Yakuza. Um, they then kidnap all of the children of the head, like the main mobsters, uh, to hold them for ransom, to, to hold them to ransom, and basically force the force the the mafia families to stop fighting back. And so Frank is then basically trying to uh, murder the American crime families. He's trying to murder the uh, the yakuza. Um, and then there is like an unlikely truce ish when the the head mafia guy Gianni Franco asks him to help take down the Yakuza um, at gunpoint uh, <laughs> um, to, to, <laughs> save, to save his son. Um, and he and Lou Gossett Jr. is trying to reach out to him. And, um, and I guess the most interesting aspect of this movie for me is that Dolph Lundgren kind of plays it like... Uh, like a drug addict, almost. Like, he's he's Ooh. he's, like... His eyes are black and sunken, and he has this perma five o'clock shadow, and he lives in the sewers and has no relationship with anybody. And when, like, Luke Gossett Jr. tries to reach out to him, it's almost like he's going through cold turkey and just like hmm. uh, it, that, that, like, that he is fully mentally ill and is, and like, that he is now addicted to just killing. Everyone he can, um, and yeah, it's it's an interesting take on the character because he's kind of he's not cool. It 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 does feel kind of sad. He has this uh, one of the most amazing things about the movie. Are uh, he he has this like um, street street informant who is uh, played by a British actor called Brian Marshall who plays like a like a hobo but who speaks in verse <laughs> speaks in verse a lot of the time yeah he kind of like he's he's it's it's everything rhymes when he's talking to oh the punisher God. in this uh in this yeah this very like um yeah he describes himself as a thespian and has the he's not not a million miles away from trevor slattery oh, i was about to, to say trevor he's trevor slattery then yeah he? um so that's kind of fun um the the action is very late eighties. Lundgren's I actually I quite liked Lundgren in the role and quite liked this take on the character being, um, yeah, being like this kind of this strung out junkie almost who is just addicted hmm. to 
crime. Also kind of has that slight, like, he feels like he's almost indestructible. Like he he walks out of a out of a building that that blows up twice in the opening act. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he blows up the building, and then the head of the crime family runs out of it, and then f- falls forward with a Punisher knife coming out of his back because all of the all of the knives do have the Punisher skull on the top of them. Actually, okay. so while he doesn't wear them, he's he's kind of he, he he's got the he's got the skull knives, which he doesn't he doesn't seem to mind leaving behind. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's carved so quite he's a few spent of those, so I much think. on knives. Yeah, the budget is out of control. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then and it and it ends with he kills the head of the yakuza to save the child, and then the the kid's dad turns around and is like, "Look, I'm going to kill you anyway because like, thanks for helping me. That was great. Kind of wish that your family, I, like, if I could take back having killed your family, I would." But also, um, you know, if if I don't kill you, you're the one thing that's out there stopping me from from reclaiming power. And obviously, Frank manages to win the fight and kills him, and yeah, threatens yeah. His, threatens his son not to be a woman <laughs> in the future. Um, yeah, and I and I kind of, I, I guess, I, I I think I like that depiction of Frank Castle a little bit more of. Here is a guy whose brain just fully broke. I was going to say, it does feel like mm. there's a bit more tragedy to him if you if you believe this is the only way he can handle the nightmare that is his life. And he as doesn't, opposed to the sort of cold, calculating, like the the version of Warzone specifically feels like he can be reasoned with and shows remorse when he accidentally kills yeah. the yeah. FBI agent and stuff. It's like, but but also doesn't show remorse when he you know, when he blows the brains out of, of like, he's too human. It, it almost, yeah. it almost, it makes his actions seem more inhumane because he seems more human. Yeah, quite. It's like when, specifically when he minces up Jigsaw in the bottle crusher. Oh, or whatever. So, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to it. But <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Like that scene so is, is bad in many ways. Not least the way that the guy is shouting, my face, what, ow, my face. And you're like, okay, we get it. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll, but it's, yeah, it's needlessly I'll, sadistic. I'll wrap mm. up the the eighty nine version by commending it for coming in at under ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was apparently going to at one point was going to star Christopher Lambert. Steven Seagal was interested. Nicole Kidman was initially cast, but then dropped oh, out. Um, so uh, so yeah, as the Punisher, wow, that would have been <laughs> that would have been really different. That was, it was um, Marvel's first cinema release since Howard the Duck, right? That feels right, I guess. That because they don't, they really don't have much like screen history. Like um, certainly not like theater releases. Pre, yeah, there are a bunch of TV movies. The nineties. Hold on, they? hold on. So, it, sorry, sorry. Wait, I'm just realizing the fact. Is Howard the Duck the first Marvel? Yeah, movie? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That is but, absolutely I mean, crazy. This is one of the things I was going to say, actually, is that one of the reasons the Punisher gets done over and over again is because it's really fucking cheap to do these movies. Mm. You just put a guy in the suit and give him a gun and that's your Punisher movie. And you can do very generic action stuff around. Yeah, and they take every opportunity to do a very generic action. (laughs) And And just killing loads of people, kind of like very basic set pieces. Um... 
Yeah, and it doesn't need too much of a plot. Yeah. In fact, it's it's weird to me, actually, that the thing that all of the Punisher movies have in common is that uh, there's some, like, wackiness injected in there. Like, <laughs> everyone, there's always someone in there who has a fucking hook. There's so that's... Like a guy who speaks in verse, or there's the Russian, or what, there's it... a guy whose face has been cut up, and it's like... But the, the 89 version is... I would say is mostly a generic late 80s, early 90s actioner with, I think the interesting thing about it is that it has a strung out Frank Castle at the centre yeah. of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so to, to go forward to the 2004 version, just to, to briefly cover that, so obviously it's the, it, we, we covered it before on the podcast, but that is the, uh, Jonathan Hensley directed version starring Thomas Jane, uh, John Travolta is the, the villain. Um, uh, who else in the cast? Ben Foster, <laughs> Rebecca remains Stamos, um, Roy Scheider, Will Patton. And my memory of that is that the first act is it's the only one of the films that kind of spends actual time with Frank Castle pre-becoming the Punisher when he still has an alive wife and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, 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 I remember it being very Mad Max and that he kind of like is then activated, becomes the Punisher, goes on a very specific vengeance against Howard Saint, who's played by John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And that it has these very very comic booky flourishes like the 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 skull is a big like i i think that's the most like um the most ostentatious skull of the ones that we've seen in the punisher movies and the, mm-hmm. you, yeah like you said james you you were talking about the russian who is kevin nash the wrestler who turns up, I still remember that scene vividly in his big red and white stripy shirt and has a fight with the Punisher. And yeah. um, uh, very unfortunately, Ben Foster playing a character called Specker Dave, who I believe is a, is a oh, character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that one feels like a more comic bucky version. Um, and the one that's the one that probably feels the marveliest the of the punisher adaptations yeah it was it, you know it wasn't hugely successful it made 54 million dollars off a 33 budget so you know not pulling up any trees and so when but probably enough to keep interest in the studio making another punisher movie and so here they kind of go soft reboot this time it's ray stevenson as the punisher uh, Lexi Alexander directs, and uh, so Le- Lexi Alexander directed this, and uh, Green Street was her movie before this. Mm. Um, and then she kind of has, I think she she rode the reappraisal of this movie into a, 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 a well, she's she's definitely like a prominent vocal uh, voice on Twitter, um, and she like has transitioned into a TV uh, directing career and like directed episodes of Arrow and Supergirl and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah. And, and, and this, yeah. So 2008 movie, it did, it did feel like it was about four or five years of Punisher Wars. And, and it was a, it tanked, right. It only made 10 million at the box office. No one cared. 
Um, and, you know, there hasn't been another big screen punisher since. But it, it's, it, I'm really interested to hear what you two think about this because it was kind of reclaimed. Patton Oswalt did a, did a, oh. did a big, like, he banged the drum for it on Twitter, said how good it was, kind of like lofted up Lexi Alexander as this kind of like vulgar auteur. And um, I remember when the How Did This Get Made podcast did Punisher Warzone. Like, I think they had both of them on. They had Patton Oswalt oh. and Lexi Alexander to talk about it. And it was one of those kind of like triumphant How Did This Get Made of like, how the fuck did they let you make this kind of <laughs> insanely violent movie? Um and and it did it did kind of yeah get a little bit of a reappraisal. So I'd be interested, like, do you two before we get into specifically what goes down in this movie? Uh, where did you two land on it? So I, I'd heard right that it was a sort of competent but uninspired Punisher movie, and when I watched it, I was like, how how did it ever get called that? Because it is <laughs> straight up garbage. Like I think. <laughs> Talking like one and a half, two stars max. Like it is, it is dull. It is uninspired. It's just got, it's got nothing going for it. In any, you can't say like, oh, you want to see a good X, go watch Punisher Warzone. There's just, there's nothing in it. Like not a single performance, no part of the plot, none of the action is worth <laughs> the time you spend with it. Reese, uh, I liked it much more than James did. <laughs> uh, I, d- I don't. I, I guess I maybe I'd missed the. It's been reappraised. It's actually good thing. So I kind of was watching it today, just with the context of, you know, it's a it's a Punisher sequel. It's. Uh, I feel like I, I I had an awareness that like said Alexander like kind of got put in director jail after it came out for whatever reason, um, and. I kind of yeah, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. I didn't I didn't love it, but I liked things like um, the I liked the look the look of it. I sort of thought the cinematography was really was like just way more interesting than, than it needed to be. I thought um, I liked the you know compare compare if you compare it with 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 the John Wicks. I kind of liked the it almost feels like it's it's just getting in under the wire of all of the digital squib stuff, which which. I feel is a real um, uh, take something away from kind of bloody action sequence, action violence. If you're going to do it, the, to, to do the digital squibs, it's it just changes how the those scenes feel. Whereas this movie is like <laughs> it's, very chunky. Of, it's very, very chunky, very chunky, yeah. loads of practical effects. And then having seen um, Gail Ann Hurd as one of the producers, I think that's interesting. You know, because she's the she's the shepherd behind The Walking Dead and goes goes back a long way with a lot of the, with a lot of horror guys there's, it feels like there's a lot of that stuff in it um she produced it was you know she, sure it was it was it was kind of it's bloody it's it's grimy it's it's sort of gross the yeah the jigsaw bit is gross i i thought dominic west was was um was we'll fun i thought ray stevenson was you know i think was doing a really well was doing a good version of of what this movie's Punisher wants him to do. I was kind of dating that. He, he like just to start with, he looks the part. He doesn't say anything for the for, for the first half hour, which I thought was you know intentional and interesting. Um, 
and then the sort of final war zone scene, you know, you know, it kind of delivers on on a big, you know, a big a big like raid esque action sequence in a in a tiered, uh, you know, a bit sort of a big tiered building. I like that. Um, it was, you know, there's a lot of characters. It was sort of, I thought those they kept, you know, that first half hour they keep on it, they keep on introducing these little sort of pockets <laughs> of characters. There were so many characters in this movie. Um, that's, yes, I, that, that were the reason to see it. Well, so I, many no, I just thought it was I interesting. Think that's, it was inter- I do think that's kind yeah. of a smart idea, though, for a, mm. for a Punisher movie, that every so often at least you recognise the person whose face he explodes. <laughs> you know, it just, it, yes. just, it just makes it feel like that... that the, <laughs> the urban free flow gang. I was about be, to say you were about to talk about oh, McGinty. That, yeah. uh, McGinty, who I, I it says on Wikipedia, he's an Irish gangster. I I was like, is he Irish or Jamaican? I genuinely can't tell. The look was Jamaican, <laughs> but the accent was Irish. <laughs> well, it was sometimes. <laughs> it yeah, felt, yeah. Felt, felt like it was Joe, and and they are just wild. <laughs> like they're introduced as like, oh, these are going to be like the main henchmen. Um, and, they and then, they, then they disappear for an hour. Then they show they up ex- and all get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the bit when he, the, what the middle guy jumps across the building and then and then he gets exploded by to be, you know, like it's some, revealed some obviously that homing weapon kind of thing. Yeah, That's I mean, that the, was the only good moment. Crazy. The only good moment in the film when we just blew it. <laughs> <laughs> they literally, they literally blew it. They literally blew it. <laughs> um, so I liked it. I mean, if I compare it to like stuff we've watched recently, like barbed wire or. Things like Electra, you know, these are these are com- you know, I think these are comparable pieces. I had a substantially thought, better time with barbed wire. I can say that much. Really? Nah, I disagree. I thought this was I thought it was really competently yeah. made. It was like really. I felt like so often the the shot, the the, comp- the shot composition, the editing was. It, it really did. It felt really thought through. I, I thought um, it didn't felt it didn't feel slapdash, uh, and I, you know the, the prosthetic makeup on Jigsaw like looked really. Just was just a was just a choice was a proper choice which I appreciated. Yeah, it looked, it looked um, like he was wearing one of those rubber Halloween masks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looked like he was uh, Frankencastle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, so I I I don't think that this is a movie that has that has nothing to say for it. Is like it's worth saying at the start of this 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 kind of movie isn't my kind of thing to begin with. But like I, I kind of came out of it going like, is it, it like it's somewhere in the like two and a half three star range for me? Like, and, <laughs> but but I but I got a lot more out of it than I thought I was going to do. I think it has interesting stuff in it. Like Reese says, I think it is competently made. I think it is. I think it's the movie that they set out to make, uh, which is mm. you know, which is to its credit. Um, it does have these kind of grotesque moments of really memorable violence. Um, I thought Dominic West pre getting mangled in the glass machine was giving one of the worst performances I had ever seen. But then when he was behind the, the prosthetics, I was like, Oh, it makes sense why he, he was that big now, because now, now that he looks like that, it, it kind of works. Um, mm-hmm. yep. where he is playing this, like, I, again, I would say even to American mobsters like mafioso, this should be offensive. Like, this feels <laughs> fa- faintly racist. Like, he's just throwing around words like Fanook in the first 10 minutes. I'm like, I, 
I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to say that. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> but yeah, I do think it kind of works. I kind of, I kind of liked. He's a he's a fucking weird guy, but I kind of liked. Doug Hutchinson's performance as, oh, Looney, God, as Looney Bin not, Jim. There's not oh. a single second of that performance I thought was redeemable. I just thought he had this... I, I thought he had the... Comple- he had the edge to his performance of completely unhinged. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I thought uh, Wayne Knight adds like a, a competency to yeah. his scenes yeah. that the, the movie didn't need, but that... He's, <laughs> yep. But that he sure turns up and he's like, oh, it's like, oh, a real person. Um, And I thought it was super interesting that not just that, like, Frank Castle doesn't really say anything for the first half hour, that this was for me like a Punisher movie that the Punisher's not really the protagonist of. Like, or... And I guess because of all those versions that we were just talking about, right? The Punisher is on a quest for revenge. And actually, he is that for the first act of this movie. And then he's going, oh, actually, maybe I've taken it too far. Maybe I need to leave. And he gets dragged back in because because it is like, no, literally, if you leave, things will get worse. You have to stick around. Um, and, and so, like, it actually feels like the protagonist is Dominic West. Colin Salmon. Oh, well, well, okay. kind of, well, yeah, good. We kind of like it's split between the two of them. Like, mm. Colin Salmon is kind of leading the law, the, the, like the let's try and stop this side of things. Dominic West is leading the let's bring all the bad guys together point. Like, mm-hmm. they both have arcs. And Frank Castle just has this one, like, dilemma early on in the movie. Um, but it's one that the movie can't be that interested in exploring. So he does just become this. So <laughs> this this weapon for the rest of the movie. Yep. So I think mm-hmm. I think this is a bug rather than a feature. I don't think they set out to make a Punisher movie where he wasn't the protagonist. They just couldn't do any version of this story where he wasn't. Like the one of them. One I of my is, concerns. I, this is this is what I was kind of hinting at, at the start. I think there is a version of this story of this specific story where Frank is centered. And it really digs into the the thing that kind of sets the plot in motion in the first act. I just don't think it can dig into it in too much detail and remain a Punisher movie. Yeah, because like the the thing that happens is he kills Nandika, an FBI agent, and who has a wife and kids. Who has a wife and kid? Yeah. The so the first problem is if you let the Punisher make mistakes like that, he can't be the Punisher anymore. Because the only reason the Punisher exists is to stop that happening. But the, and if the, it happens, he does what he does in the comics and just blows his own brains out. <laughs> but that's but that's the point that I kind of like feel like by the very nature of how the Punisher operates in all of the depictions I've seen, it's absurd that there wouldn't be collateral damage. No, that, that's and, like, the point. Though. That's like saying it's absurd that Spider Man can crawl up a building. Like that's no, the thing. Yeah. Is that I the think... Punisher exists to stop because of collateral damage, so he can't can't create collateral damage. No, no, but uh, so right, I, I think you can headcanon it away and just go like, okay, the movies want me to believe there isn't any, so I will. But it, it's kind of like it, it's like the um, the end of Fast Five, right? Which great movie, perfect movie, but they're fucking. 
at high speeds dragging a bank vault behind them through the streets of Rio de Janeiro, which is flying into buildings on one side of another and being dragged along the pavement. And you're like, the amount of civilian casualties here would be severe. <laughs> but the movie, but, but in, in, in that movie, there aren't any. And you, and you are just like, yes, in this movie, there aren't any because there can't be because the guys would not kill these people. And, but it, it, <laughs> Again, when I'm watching a Punisher movie and he runs into a he runs into a building and starts, you know, hanging from a candelabra and spinning around 360 oh, and shooting, shooting everyone he can see. And like there are versions of that scene in every Punisher movie, right? Where he just wipes mm. out everyone in the vicinity. You kind of go, well, yeah, occasionally you are gonna you are gonna kill someone who doesn't deserve it. Or like your your assessment that someone deserves to die because they're involved in crime. Like, well, what if this, what if this is this guy's first day, right? And he doesn't, maybe he's the intern and he doesn't quite know what he's no, letting himself in that's, for. Like that's the, that's the buy-in for the character, right? Is that if you're, if you're part of crime, you deserve to die in any mm. circumstance like that. That's the character's moral code. And you accept that. The the second part of it is. But what, that, is, what, what where is the line with crime for the Punisher? What is the type of crime that deserves that versus doesn't? <laughs> Good question. Like it, well, like there are some pretty fucking unlucky jaywalkers in the Marvel universe. I would there's suggest. a there, like I think any any crime you would go to prison for, the Punisher would rather you died of. You died. Yes, for. We, but, that's but, like but we, that's, we see- that's like really fucking right wing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like G- George yeah. George Floyd stuff, right? Hundred hundred percent. Yeah. But I, I, we, we see it's the scene at the end of the movie, which I've brought up. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's that moment where he, he is he executes somebody who is who is I was going to say simply, but you know who is holding up somebody else at gunpoint yeah. for theft. But that's all quote unquote all he's doing. And the Punisher in the Punisher's mind, that man deser- that person deserves to be killed. Yeah. The uh, Punisher, so, you know, the Punisher absolutely would murder you for stealing a loaf of bread to feed your family. <laughs> So, 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 James, what you're saying is the dilemma at the start of this movie where he kills an undercover cop, yeah. which I think is a, I think is a smart, you know, like setup for the character because it's well, so because you know, because yeah, how would he know that this guy's an undercover cop? So this what is a the, guy that's hanging out with one of the one of the biggest villains and he kills him and figures it out afterwards. And, in the comics, the conceit is the Punisher does not indiscriminately murder people without checking who they are like he would know before he goes into a room who's at the meeting okay. why they're there and if there was an undercover FBI agent he would spare that person okay like that's that's how the comics would deal with it right what i'm saying is if you if you choose to do the story the punisher kills an innocent person mm-hmm. you you'd better have a really good answer for why that <laughs> happened i don't think this film does i think this film goes no. oh this might be interesting and then it isn't yeah that's so that, that for me is the film's fatal flaw that it sets up for me this really fascinating dilemma of right does this guy now need to grapple with what he's done you know does, <laughs> yeah. does this guy need to grapple with huh actually maybe that's not the first person who's deaf i'm responsible for who maybe didn't deserve it and actually are the lines i draw the right lines to be drawn am i drawing them in the right place like i i you know if if you want to if you want to in the comics look at how do we bring this character to a different point i would say that that would be a good place to start to go 
to to make him realize, oh shit, I badly fucked up at one of these things. Do I now need to re- reassess my entire worldview? And, you know, I think that, you know, the other movies get, like I said, the, I think the Dolph Lundgren version gets around that in just that, like, right, this guy, this guy is just fully off the deep end and he does feel like now he is a junkie and the only thing keeping him going is killing people. And he does have more of an anti-hero vibe. Whereas this, uh, what's really interesting about Warzone, and, and recently, it'd be interesting to see how you read this particular, you know, this specific dilemma that, like, it, this for me is the is the most kind of like two D version of Frank Castle that there's been. He is just a blunt instrument, but he has the he, he's the he's the only one of these characters who's really seriously asked to consider what he did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I, com- I I completely agree with James that the movie doesn't have an interesting answer for it, but. I kind of, I, I would kind of love to see, to have seen them try and get into it a bit more. I just, I, you know, the, the 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 best Punisher comics in in recent memory for me are ones that because you, you because you you can't really invigilate that that angle on the character. You know, the character is set as as this killing machine of of, of criminals, and and so actually, I'm thinking of which. Oh God, what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, Maybe it was the the Aaron Jason Aaron uh, Max run where like the Punisher is he is he isn't the protagonist of the series he's sort of just this this specter that haunts the you know haunts the the story. Um, but that is a that's a good that's a good use of the Punisher because because you you know well because you can't develop you, you won't you won't yeah you won't like what you'll you won't like what you'll find if you go down the root of asking these questions mm. and you know unless you're unless you are unless you are really in, interested in 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 tackling big subjects which which a superhero film or an action film kind of isn't isn't willing to do so it's a bit catch 22 you know you want to tell and the close the, the closest you get with with this with Warzone is the dialogue between him and the daughter you know sort of that kind of that 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 thing you know, I guess that's true. Well, he's, so he's, trying he's, to... he's like, you're a little girl. I had a little girl once. Is there, is there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there something there? I guess there should be something there, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> but, he, I mean, even, but even the movie, yeah, kind of isn't, isn't saying there's that much there. No. It's just saying that he, I, I, you know, I guess he, he, he sees her as, you know, as a as a human as a person <laughs> in a way he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to I knew a, understand I knew any a of the human other characters. Girl once. Yes, exactly. You're one of them, funny, right? I think, it, I think it, you know, the, the mother, played by... Julie Benz. What's the face from... Yes. From, from Angel. Uh, yeah, Angel and Buffy. Yes, and Buffy. Um, she sort of doesn't... Reg- she, I think she doesn't register at all on the movie because the Punisher doesn't doesn't register her in, in any capacity, really. You know, you know, in the in the, and that end chunk, you feel like he's just... He's really mostly just trying to save she gets, the girl because... She gets handed some horrid dialogue as well. She really does. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. She's, she's, she's the... <laughs> she's the... <laughs> what sums, sums up that character for me is in the final showdown where like there's all of this stuff going on and it's it's only after like all, all of the shooting's gone on that she suddenly goes, Frank! And he goes, yeah. oh yeah, okay, oh now, yeah, now, now you've got my attention. Yeah, like, oh yeah, not in front of the kid, right? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I did get I did get Goran Viznich in Electra vibes from from Julie Benz though. <laughs> kind of those are very equivalent. Uh, yeah, equivalent uh, roles. I, I wouldn't play so. I don't think she's good, but I don't think it's her fault. Um, no. But yeah, I just want to, you know, and, and it's and because there are so many characters. You know, the movie is what an hour forty-five, so it's not it's not long, mm-hmm. but it's not doesn't quite hit that ninety-minute mark. But there are so many characters. You know, like I think about like microchips, like sort of buddy who microchip. then gets like a, a gets so a moment. He's another he's another interesting so, element Sam though, right? So As many like, characters. Yeah, he yeah. is a former baddie, right? Prison King. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a former criminal. Yeah. <laughs> like again, that, that you feel like that should be another really interesting mm-hmm. moment, like a really great opportunity to investigate the Punisher code. And he just yeah, go, and, he, and, he, he, and he walks in and he goes, and he goes, no, 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 he's good now. And he goes, and then he trusts him. Like, he doesn't believe it. Yeah. He sort of in that scene he says, "I don't believe that you could, you could." Be a be a banger and and stop doing it or something like he just doesn't yeah he doesn't believe that that person could have been rehabilitated. But then to but it. then let's lets him help anyway. And then I yeah. and then I think this like at one point specifically says he's a friend. Yep, when he arrives in in, in the lair, right? And then he gets and then he gets killed by uh, Looney Bin Jim and gets I love a the message bit. stabbed to his chest. I love the line in, when the Punisher comes back and finds him there on the floor. And um, uh, you know he, pull, he pulls the axe out of him, and he's—I do believe Ray Stevenson when that he really thinks when he says, like, "Oh no, you, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine." <laughs> to the guy who she just pulled an axe out of his chest. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. You're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Dude. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and then, of course, he died. Oh no, well, he kills him, doesn't he? He he, he executes him. Yeah, he like, he, he puts him out of his misery. I, so... With a long, with one of those long guns. <laughs> So all of that stuff aside of, you know, kind of finding it slightly weird that it would, that it even edges in that direction to acknowledge like, hmm, maybe is all of this okay? Like, should we be, like, should, should there be some kind of moral reckoning here with this character? Um, Like, I, I kind of think... I I wish it hadn't done it at all because the the other side of the coin for this movie is just to go fuck look at all the cool killing that the Punisher does he's such a fucking badass look at him blowing up this person and then blowing up that person and it's this absurd like fireworks show like orgy of violence Um, with like I actually think like some some quite uh fun and um like well thought out gruesome moments mm-hmm. that feels befitting of just a let's lean into that the punisher is cool and he's going to kill all the bad guys yeah i think my favorite one is the one with the uh they've arrested the guy on colin salmon's it, it's within the, the frame is like punisher on the left salmon's on the right and then the guy is. I think it's the dad. It's the dad of the younger. Yeah. Guy so there's there's killed. two of two of right. Billy the Butte's goons. So yes. Billy yes, the yes. Butte's slash Jigsaw is Dominic <laughs> yes, West. Yes. He has these right. two goons who, again, have been established well enough that we know that one of them is the dad yep. and one of them is the son. Yep. They've hung around. Mm-hmm. They've had lines for an hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then a Punisher kills the son. 
Oh my god, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely brutal. The start so so they've they've um they've they've taken hostage Julie Benz in her, her own house and they're gonna threaten to kill her and her daughter. So like they're wrongins, sure. But then the, once the Punisher gets involved, you know, there's some there's some rough and tumble. And then I think the Punisher, yeah, he kills the son by punching his just a hole in the front of his head. Punches, right? He punches so, through he, his face. He threw his head. And right? yeah, I, I, his I don't head. know. It like it looks like I don't know how they did it. It looks, it, amazing. It looks like a practical effect that they've done <laughs> with like a fucking yeah. watermelon or something yeah. because it really it does crater. Yeah. And then a bit later, I think the dad never even finds out that his son's been killed. And then the dad is like going to be arrested by Colin Salmon because you know, the kind of the moment has has uh, has calmed down and the, the you know the goodies have won and they've got the dad. He's under arrest and the Punisher's going to be moving out of the house. And then <laughs> within this this yeah this lovely tableau, Colin Salmon like arrests him and fine. And then the Punisher just like he's holding a shotgun and then just yes blows absolutely explodes this guy's head with the shotgun but, but real it's shocking real shocking. kind of casual like as well like he's yeah, I, I, yeah. I i feel like maybe he's not even looking but he just kind of lifts yeah. up the shotgun like as he's walking away and takes off yeah. his head yeah see my my complaint about the movie is that it really wants you to care about the action but the action is garbage no like there's not a i when i think of good action shooting movies right it's stuff like Deadpool and John Wick. In this movie, I don't think he fires a gun twice in the same shot. Wait, Deadpool is in... Not Clint Eastwood, is in Deadpool. No, it's in Deadpool, yeah. like oh. The, the gunplay oh. in the original Deadpool is amazing oh. fun. It's, no, it's, it's, it's It's cartoonish. It's but co- it's yeah, yeah, I think it's comedy staging rather than action staging. And also, yeah. and, and also it is 100% in a computer. But that, like, if you want me to care about the Punisher murdering people, you better make it fun, and it's not fun. It's kind of fun when he's face It's kind of fun. It's not kind fun. Of fun. <laughs> and like, it is, it is absurd, and I don't care about the character really at this point. But like, when the Punisher does fly in in that opening scene and is like sliding down the table and spinning three sixty on the candelabra, as, as soon as he got in the candelabra, I was like, "Fuck this movie! This is stupid." <laughs> but it is. It, it's just, it's, it's stupid, but, but it's not cool. It's not. It's not fun. Stupid. It's just stupid. Stupid. And I also, I, I think there's also. I think there is a. I always think there is a, you know, skill that goes into it. But there's a, there's something to be said for action where you can tell what's going on and you know where people are. Yes. And I, yep. I think that that is always the case in this movie. I think it's well put together from that point of view and i think that there are enough moments throughout kind of each of the core action sequences set pieces in this movie that are memorable i mean like uh, genuinely (laughs) in that opening scene the dominic west being thrown into the glass crushing machine is fucking outrageous like it's so it's 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 a it's a great idea i i don't know like uh, what's it's a very garth ennis idea i don't know jigsaw can you can you talk to me about jigsaw like in in the comics he's he's thrown through a plate glass window okay (laughs) and and the idea is that he's a handsome guy to begin with and he's yeah and now he's not and now (laughs) he's messed up yeah, and that's his entire deal, right? He's just a crying guy who's yeah, yeah. messed up. 
The okay, same in so, the Punisher uh, TV show as well. So it, it, uh, by by those standards, I would say this is a successful adaptation of this character. Yeah, although, Can like I, just... I say, in that, in that sequence, the fact that he's screaming, ah, my face, while he's in the crushing machine <laughs> is not funny, is bad. And the fact, like, afterwards, they, like, they go into the hospital, they're like, oh, you know, where he's taking the bandages off, sorry. And he's like, oh, your face was fully destroyed. Like, they, they had to rebuild no, it from grass. There was, there was not there was a single... No tendon, bone, yeah. Yeah, that was left <laughs> intact. And then they take it off, and it looks like a fucking latex mask. And you're like, <laughs> how did they get from no, tra- no trace of original skin to this? I think it looks kind of good. It doesn't. It, it doesn't look gross. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I like really and, I like what they do with the eye as well. I think the yeah, eye, it like, yeah. and it and it and, and it retains enough of Dominic West whilst looking like. Does it Frankenstein's Man. monster? We watch different movies. Can, can I? Can I? Can I highlight? I think the grimmest death in the movie. I think, which is so fucking grim. It's the it's the, the parkour lead guy. What's his name? McKinley? McKinley? McGinty. 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 Yeah. McGinty. Right. So he gets his two bodies get uh, exploded and then shot in the head. Fine. He then gets shot in the legs by the Punisher. In the knees. Yeah. Uh, so straight the knees, straight away so his parkour is fucked. <laughs> That's his his side hustle gone. Punisher then goes and questions. He's already, he's in a load of pain. Punisher goes over, I think he's almost like, he falls over us, I think, when he's been, as as he's exploded. Punisher goes and like, gets some information out of him, fine. We cut to to another another bit, Colin Salmon downstairs, and then you see McKinty, his body like, falls from where the Punisher belongs him. His neck, he like, lands on a spike, the spike goes through his neck, and then the Punisher, from I guess that same place, jump is has jumped down and his boots like oh, I forgot about the jumping down part. The guy's yeah. head, Jesus! I mean, Jesus Christ! And and, and I think to 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 to, Joe, to Joe's point, the kind of the uh, the, the the horrific understanding of all of that uh, uh, kind of um, uh, staging, if you will, right, or blocking, I guess, from an actor's point of view, the the, the, the you, your brain understands what's happened in those bits and 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 the horror of it, and uh, and I think that's got to be commended. Um, yeah, awful, horrible, <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely horrible. And, the, and Mate, I think also there's, a... Like a, there's a shot of the Punisher's face once he's like landed here because I guess he uses he uses McGinty's head as a bit of a kind of a cushion for his landing, and I think you get a look on his face is kind of like yeah, I'm satisfied with how that operation has gone, and it's so. Again, if you just stop and think about it for a second, that's so chilling and so horrible. I think you're giving the you're giving the character an interiority that he does not display in the rest of the movie. I think Stevenson does a decent job here. Like it certainly, I think as a as a physical presence in the way that he's styled with the slicked back hair, um, he looks like the Tim Bradstreet covers. Yeah, he he looks he looks like the Punisher. Punisher. And I think that Stevenson just like does what he needs to do to make you care about this character and Iota, which is I think all that the movie needs, and also like mm-hmm. to position you on his side despite the stuff that he's doing. Um, I, I, I think it's like a, I think it's a good performance. Just quickly mm-hmm. on, so I think possibly it's possible, right, that my assessment of the action is being coloured by the fact that I watched Tag a couple of days before, 
and Tag is a yeah. Tag is a Japanese movie by Sion Siona Sono. Who... So I thought you meant <laughs> yeah, not not the Renatag, not the Renatag. It's a it's a Japanese movie in which like it starts off with about I talk would say, about a movie that's fucked up by the way. The yeah, Renatag. with about like the 40... twist. The twist at the end of the Renatag movie is something. <laughs> Yeah, in in the movie that I watched, the Japanese horror movie, it starts with about forty people being bisected, and <laughs> continues pretty much in that vein. Like it's a very gory and interestingly gory movie. So seeing people gunned down in the dark mm. is not going to do it for me. Um, also, on Ray Stevenson's performance, do you know he reprised his role as Frank Castle in the Superhero Squad show? Which you may remember. I don't even think I know what the superhero squad show is. The superhero squad show is one where those like chibi versions of Marvel characters do stories for six year olds. What? Yeah. (laughs) 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 They're like super deformed, aimed at infants versions of Marvel characters. And Ray Stevenson came back to be the Punisher in one of them. What is it animated? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So it was. So it. Okay. So it wasn't. But yeah. Okay. That. <laughs> I, I, also that I was. Means, I was imagining for a second it was some kind of like story time where Ray Stevenson had turned up to read a yeah. read, read a superhero story to some kids, and then I punched a hole in his face. Yeah. But in, but in a weird way, actually, I think that is a lovely... I'm not saying we should end the chat, but... <laughs> we are getting towards a, the end of it. I think that, that exactly that is a... It's, that's, that's the whole problem with The Punisher, and it's the thing I said at the beginning. It, it's the fact... It's, not, it's, it's nothing really to do with the, what the character kind of is, what he looks like, what he does. Um, and in most of his movies, in all of his movies, I guess, I guess say in all of his movies, yes, but you know, the TV show, he's, he has interacted with daredevil and etc but but you know probably the, the 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 issue is that he is in the marvel universe that's the problem that's what makes it all so complicated i mean that's that's uh, sort of why the character works though like the only reason the punisher works as a character at all is because he's the only person in the marvel universe yeah, who decides to stop crime yeah. the way someone in the real world would have to stop crime mm-hmm. which is by strapping up and getting out there and murdering people should we? Uh, because that's kind sh- of. Should we? Should we draw this conversation to a close by discussing whether we think there is a version of the Punisher who could work in the MCU? Because obviously they are now expanding out to lots of different characters. They are bringing Netflix Marvel characters into the MCU who exist in that who existed in that more violent world. Um, I mean. Kingpin and Daredevil have done things comparable to what the, <laughs> what the Punisher does. Yeah, um, like, but, but I, I kind of feel like it, even in the MCU, which seems to be over, broadening it, broadening up things a lot more than we would have expected. I struggle to see how John Bernthal's Punisher could work, and then I, I, I struggle to think how I, I, I. I I'm trying to think of the version of the Punisher who could exist within the MCU as as not a pure villain. Well, I mean, what? Okay, two, I got. I have two comments. One, one, look at Bucky, and you know, in terms of tool tool used for superhero um, 
uh, combat. Bucky. He was brainwashed, though. No, no, I know. No, sure, sure, sure. You know, so, you, so it's, it's more complicated. But but you have you have set that up that Bucky is in there and he uses a machine gun quite a lot. You know, there's the, that that great sequence with him and Rocket spinning around in in uh, in shooting in their guns at the aliens, yeah. And they're shooting aliens <laughs> and they shoot robots. We also blah, blah, need blah, blah. to put in the important caveat at this point that Bucky is shit. <laughs> And Bucky's shit, of course. So I just, I just, I would just throw that in there as like an interesting, or as, or as a kind of a something to, to, for context. And the other thing I I would throw in is, you know, all of the I think Joe, you you brought up Franken Castle already, or talked about the um, the Angel um, Punisher back in the nineties, or what's the James? What's the famous comic where it's like him and Ghost Rider and Wolverine? Something that like acts of vengeance or something that 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 like yeah, it's not acts of vengeance. Black, Blackheart, Blackheart. I think it might just be pointing? called vengeance. Yeah, it's like a prestige yeah, yeah. format. Marvel Comics presents like, one. Yeah, the Punisher. I think, and this is James. This is to your 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 point you just made. He's an interesting. He's a really interesting counterpoint to to Marvel characters. You know, do I see the Punisher existing in the MCU as like oh, and he gets his own movie? Like no, but. I can see a scenario where he, a, slight, a slightly watered-down version of him, uh, you know, still perhaps played by John Burnfall, I, I can see that, uh, can act as a counterpoint to um, to pre-existing MCU characters. See, this is, um, I, I, I strongly I agree that. with that. I think my, my favourite Punisher screen oh. appearance of anything <laughs> is in Daredevil Season 2. Yes. Partly because... That opening chunk, yeah, right? Partly yeah. because he's fully yeah. interrogating, like... Yeah daredevil's vigilante code and daredevil saying mm-hmm. like no we can't kill them and he's like why the fuck can't we kill them like you beat the shit out of them daily what's in what's different you do shit to their eyes yeah like you <laughs> you do all this stuff to them we're just doing stuff to their eyes man what's, what's that about what's the difference between you and me yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah and that is that is interesting i think if you're gonna use a character like the punisher it would have to be in something like a deadpool movie where it was fully absurd and he's oh, like I can the, see straight, the straight man to, De- to Deadpool's I, I comedy see, version. I could see John Burnfall's Punisher in a in a Deadpool movie. Yeah, so could I. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, of other options that I think I could see are just full villain, just just introduce the Punisher as yeah. a as a villain, or hear me out, guys. What, what did he What did he start out life as? One of the Sony extended universe of Spider-Man. <laughs> Give him a Sony movie. Have him hanging out with Dr. Michael Morbius and Venom. Venom. Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom, Venom, Venom. Well, uh, just on, on your, Joe, on your first point, you know, like James, there's, there are these famous, or well, not famous, but the the Cable and Deadpool yep. um, story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I know that they did, they did Cable in the second Deadpool movie, but you could, you know, I could also see no, that. You could definitely kind of dynamic, cast the Punisher in right? that dynamic, yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah, of yeah. all of the, of all of the mega successful comic book movies of the past decade, Deadpool 2 is the one that exists the least. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I like Josh it. Brolin I, played Deadpool, Cable. Deadpool 2 is the best <laughs> X-Men movie. I know, I know people what? liked it. I just oh, don't, I, just don't I, I didn't. I just don't think it exists. I don't think people, I like, I think, yeah. like, we say to people, Josh Brolin, like, Thanos. No, but, but yeah. Cable as well, right? Did he? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, it's I think it's de- not made the, a massive splash. The first Deadpool is what you think of more than the, 
Mom yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. By by a long stretch. Yeah. Okay. All, um, all so that was our that that was the trial of Frank Castle. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Definitely guilty. Greece. <laughs> Um, a quit. Oh shit! Okay. Glove, the glove doesn't fit. A quit. <laughs> he doesn't wear the gloves in any of these things. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Dolph Lundgren wears gloves. Yep, I'm looking at the poster, he's got them on there. Are they white? Just, Classic uh, Punisher wears white gloves. No, he's got black gloves. Which is on. weird. By the way, that's weird. Yeah, because you can see the gunpowder <laughs> residue on them. Yeah, just creepy. Uh, but yeah, just one yeah, strangling lots. gloves. Final piece of evidence that I was the only one to watch the 1989 <laughs> £3.49 that cost me. I'll be uh, charging, char- Expense charging that, that to the Patreon. <laughs> um, okay, so that, that was our um, Punisher discussion. Uh, Reese, have you got a, have you got a pitch for us? Um, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tricky one, this. Um, Is it a tricky one because you don't have one? <laughs> No, I've thought about. It. I just that's a good one. Okay, here's here's a one. I've got here's a one. Okay, fine. You you do you do have to recast. You have to um, cast uh, an MCU Punisher. No, actually, no. Hold on, wait. No. Okay, I'm changing my pitch. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren uh, joins the MCU, but as who? James, you answer first. Oh God. Um... Dolph Lundgren joins the MCU as Omega Red. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, you're gonna have to you, you're gonna have to explain who Omega Red is. Omega Red is a Russian super soldier. Uh, he would be heavily CGI'd. He has giant carbonadian tentacles that come out he's of his wrist. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a Wolverine villain. Yeah, he's, he's a, a Wolverine villain. He's a bit. Crimson t- Dynamo. He used to. He used to be in Team X with the Wolf. Was he in Team X? Yes. Yeah. Or did Team X go after him? It, basically, when Wolverine was in his Black Ops team with Sabretooth and Maverick and all those other losers, um, <laughs> they encountered Omega Red, and Omega Red is bad. Um, and he he is uh, he's got Carbonadian tentacles, and Carbonadium is a knockoff Russian version of uh, Adamantium. <laughs> Okay. It's a good, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, yeah. it's, it's a great choice. It's well, a great pitch. I know I've already lost. Uh, my initial impulse was to go. Huh, well, would he? He'd be. He'd be good, like as a Namor kind of character, right? And, and I'm like, no. What? You're only thinking. You're only thinking that <laughs> because he's in Aquaman as one of the undersea kings. In yeah. So that's that's why your mind went there. Um, uh, so instead, I'm I'm gonna cast him in the uh, you know whenever they get around to this, the Hercules Marvel franchise. Ooh, not okay. as not as Hercules, but like maybe a Zeus or a member of the Pantheon. Like Zeus has already been cast in Thor Ragnarok. You've screwed it up. Yes, it's uh, it? it's it's Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, it's Russell oh, Crowe. Yeah. Okay, so what one of the other members of the Pantheon? You know, yeah, go on. One of, one of the others, for example. Well, I'm looking. I'm just looking. He's. I've, I've been on his. Oh, so he's he's in lots of teams. Is of her. He's in the Olympians, the Argonauts. Right. Let's have a look at the Argonauts. Who's in the Ar- No, that's linked me through to the the actual Argonauts. Well, I'm not going to let that stop me. He was on the crew of the Argo. I think he would be a great. Jason. <laughs> Jason. 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 Great Jason. Jason, Jason. Jason. One, of, one of the classical Greek heroes, <laughs> one of Jason. Huge yeah. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Peleus. 
so I think I think I've got the the winning pitch, and it's my idea. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, okay, hear me out. I think uh, Lundgren should play Crimson Dynamo, um, but from in, in, in Ant Man Three, and he was like an Ant Man, a Michael Douglas Ant Man villain in the sixties. Uh, and and you know he, he, in the in the present day, that's, I think that's, that's a really good idea. That's pretty good. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we so then we have both Stallone and Lundgren in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, so I should have gone in that direction. He'd be a great space freak, wouldn't he? Yes. Like, do you what? really do you really want to give James Gunn Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, do you? yeah. I don't do know. I, I think I yeah. do. Covered in gold. <gasps> Debicki's dad. Because she's so tall as well. It should have been Debicki's dad. Well, tough. Wow. You said you said he was the fleece or whatever. Yeah, he's the fleece. <laughs> <laughs> golden, golden! Oh, they're the same character. Oh, <laughs> huge! That's huge. We've, we've, that's a new phase of the MCU. K seven. I think in in a very real phase. way, we have all lost this week. Yeah, even the listeners. <laughs> um, okay, so that is it for this week's podcast. Um, if you'd like to hear more from us, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. Uh, subscribe for $3 a month uh, to get all of the uh, exclusive bonus episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Uh, give us a rating on that app of choice as well. That'd be nice. Uh, if you want to get in touch on Twitter, we are at cine underscore verse. I'm at Joe Cunningham 14. James is at James Hunt. Reese is at Reese. Uh, finds on Letterboxd as well, because well, I think we all stick stuff on Letterboxd now. <laughs> I just mm. saw James's one and a half star rating of Punisher Warzone. Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah, brutal. Um, and uh, we'll be back, uh, it, well, yeah, probably within the next week or so, as soon as we can all find our way to see the Batman. You can see it again, James? I definitely am. My girlfriend wants to go and I'm very happy to see it a second time, which for a three hour movie is impressive. Excellent. Okay. Uh, so we'll be back with our thoughts on the Batman, the Batman, the Batman, <laughs> the Batman soon. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.